Cardinals still looking for that head coach to take over for Cliff Kingsbury. The list of candidates is growing. Among that, the list of candidates, Brian Flores, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, here to give us a closer look at the candidate, Brian Flores. Former Dolphins player, now broadcaster, podcaster, O.J. McDuffie joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. O.J., thanks for coming on today. We appreciate it. How are you? Man, I'm great, man. Thank you guys for having me on. There's, there's a lot going on in uh, Arizona sports, man. Indeed. That was an update right there, man. <laughs> I know, right? And a lot of it's not man. good, OJ. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, that's part of it, though. You can't have all good, right? That's that's true. <laughs> Cyclical is what you we're can, hoping. You can. You want all good, but sometimes it's just not possible, hey, you know? That is the truth. Uh, Brian <laughs> Flores, uh, obviously three years in Miami as the head coach, two winning seasons, no playoffs, a ton of controversy with the uh, front office dealings and how he dealt with players. I mean, how do you size up big picture uh, OJ Brian Flores candidacy as, as a head coach in the league and specifically with the Cardinals? Well, you know what, man, uh, Brian Flores is a, I thought was a great man. First and foremost, um, I thought down here in Miami that he uh, demanded a lot of um, uh, attention to detail. And, uh, you know, he also demanded a lot of, um, hard work. You know, he comes from that New England school of thought under Bill Belichick and preparation and everything was, was critical. And when guys came up a little bit short, he wasn't, he wasn't happy about it. But he's also an old school coach, you know, and, um, so sometimes it's tough with the, the old school coaches dealing with these new school kids. You know, I, I tried to coach a uh, 12 year old baseball and it just wasn't for me because I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle how these little kids, how they are nowadays, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a old school kind of guy. And I think that's flow, man. But what he did do though, he got the most out of everybody. I mean, he really does, man. He, he, he gets these guys going, man. And they trust him. I mean, you saw a couple of times, I think in year two, we had some tough hits on some of our players, and Coach Flores was like the first guy across the field to, you know, to try to handle some business, man, you know, and in the right way. But he just loves his players. He asks a lot out of, out of them, but he's just a great leader of men, in my opinion. Yeah, that, and, and that is the great leader of men element is something I think they definitely need in Arizona. Now, let me talk uh, about his relationship with quarterbacks because we've got to get our quarterback in Kyler Murray right. There's a, there's a lot he needs to learn. There's a lot of rawness to his game, a lot of unharnessed talent. Yeah. Uh, obviously, um, Brian Flores and Tua didn't always see eye to eye. I know that he had some relationship issues with other players. I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing because you said he's very demanding, and if you get a guy that demanding, right. you're gonna you're gonna rub some people the wrong way. But could, could you focus in on how you might see him handling and working with a guy like Kyler Murray? Yeah, if, if Kyler's willing to put in that work, now look, now I mean Brian Flora, we talked about New England. He's he's used to Tom Brady type work ethic. At, at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't put that in, he's, he's got a problem. You know, so Kyler's willing to put that, that work in, uh, you know, coming early, leaving late, you know, being in that book. You know, I mean, look, it's not it's no, no uh, <clears throat> it's not a mystery that Tua didn't know a lot of the playbook at times. I know he was young in the game, but how much work did he try to put in to, to, to get it memorized or to learn it? Uh, if Kyler's willing to put that work in, I promise you that Brian Flores be on the side and giving him every opportunity to succeed. So, that's the whole key with everybody. I mean, I remember a couple guys I, you know, I used to play with down here that went and played for New England, and they said they met more than they practiced. They said they met like you know all the time, and that's the meeting's all about preparation and, and, and being ahead of the game. So if these guys are willing to put in that type of work, you know, in the classroom, not necessarily just on the field, but in that classroom and in that book, in that playbook, then they'll be they'll be great with with, with Coach Flores. 
OJ McDuffie, our guest. He's the co-host of uh, The Fish Tank, Dolphin Tales from the Deep. He joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Outside of the question, my partner just asked you, OJ, about you know relationship with quarterbacks and how you kind of look back on Brian Flores and his three years in Miami. Did, did anything else pop up as maybe a weakness or a concern or an area that needed to be improved, in your opinion? Well, I think, I mean, I think it's chronicled that, you know, the relationship he had pretty much uh, with his offensive staffs, you know, multiple offensive coordinators along the way, you know, we couldn't figure out a system. And that's probably part of the reason that Tua couldn't develop, you know, uh, a familiarity with a lot of the offenses that we were trying to run because we had different systems, like I think all three years that he was here. Um, so, you know, a lot of times you see that with defensive-minded guy, you know, the offensive side kind of suffers. I think our offensive side of the ball suffered. So in order for, you know, I think for him to be successful, I think it'd be, you know, be, you know, important for him to get an offensive-minded veteran head coach, OC, or, I mean, you know, assistant head coach, OC, to have on that side of football. And then that would, that would make everything easy because when he called the defensive snaps, when he took over a lot of our defensive calls, you know, the, the, the latter half of his, uh, you know, his last season with us, we were incredible. You know, because his defensive mind is unbelievable. Um, so, but if he can get somebody on the offensive side, which is what we struggle with, to you know, to call plays and to, to man that side of the, you know, the the team, that mm-hmm. that third the, the whole equation, it, it'd be that's what he needs to do. And um, I'm, I'm sure there's some guys out there. You know, originally Jim Caldwell was supposed to be that guy for us. If, I can imagine where our franchise would be right now if Jim Caldwell was the assistant head coach working the offensive side and Coach Flores being the head coach also working part of the defensive side. That that had been a perfect you know combination for us as an organization, but that didn't happen because Coach C got sick, and now I think right. that's what he Brian Flores need moving forward you know, in order to be successful because that offensive side of the football it really struggled for us at times. That's interesting. Now, Brian Flores, his last two years was 19 and 14, and that's very, very impressive, especially with what he had to work with. Now, obviously, things got sideways with him in ownership, um, but but do you do you believe that this is an impact coach in the making as he began to flash? And Because I've also heard that about Brian Flores, that his game prep is really next-level good. Yeah, I, man, I, you know... I was. I'm just hoping he, he gets another shot because he deserves another shot. He's a, he's a like I said, a hell of a leader of men, a hell of a leader of black men, but also just a hell of a leader in general. Um, so I, I feel like you know if he gets another opportunity, you know he'll learn from his mistakes. And you know most people do. Um, you know being under Mike Tomlin now, I'm sure that helps a lot too. Uh, so I think the fact that, you know, if he gets another shot in the league, he's going to be uh, hella successful, and I'd hate to run up against him. Yep. O.J. McDuffie, Ooh, like uh, co-host of the Fish Tank, our guest here on Bickley Murata Mornings. Moving away from Brian Flores, I, I, I just want to pick your brain on something, O.J., because you said it early in the interview. Hey, I'm an old-school guy. You tried coaching kids. You couldn't do it because of the way kids are. <laughs> As an old-school guy, and we're all in about the same age group in this conversation here, O.J., what, what bugs you the most about the new-school mentality with athletes? Man, ah, man, these these dudes, man, <laughs> they, you know what, they, I don't know if it's work ethic because they work hard. Like they seem like they work hard pretty much in the off season. But the way you have to treat them with kids' gloves, sometimes you know they can't handle, you know, uh, a cuss word. You know, I said hell one time in my twelve year old baseball practice. I got in trouble by parents. You know what I mean? <laughs> all I asked, all I asked the kid was, "What the hell are you doing right now?" You know, and I got in trouble. So you know, maybe <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> You're like, this is not for me, man. <laughs> this is not for you me. You know, so, so 
So it's like, uh, you know, so I, I think the way you have to treat them and talk to them, you know, you have to sometimes coddle them a little bit. Whereas, you know, look, I, my high school coach never cursed. My, you know, Joe Paterno never cursed, but they got their message across without cursing, you know, and it was loud, you know, <laughs> whereas Shula cursed a little bit or a lot of bit at times, but they got their message across. But, you know, it created thick skin. It, it created, a, a, you know, a tougher work ethic for me. It made me want to go out there and try harder. You know, sometimes you, you yell at some of these guys, some of these kids, or some of these even adults now, man, they go into a shell. And that's, yeah. that's, the, that's been the difference, you know. All right, last question. You were a standout at Penn State. I remember watching you there. You were one of Dan Marino's favorite receivers, if not the guy for Dan Marino. For those youngins and these newbies we're talking about who never saw Dan Marino play, who never hear about him because he didn't get that ring, what, what can you what can you share about Dan Marino and, and what where he belongs in the pantheon of quarterbacks? Well, I tell you this, I talked to Danny a lot, and Danny said if he played nowadays, he'd have sixty five hundred yards a year passing. <laughs> you know what I mean? With these with these rules and you know what I mean, and they wouldn't be able to touch me. I'd be able to get almost free releases and things like that. He couldn't mug me at the five. He uh he was he's such a I, I think he's the greatest and, and of course I have a little bias in me, the greatest pure passer in the game. You know, I was watching some clips of him the other day. Because, um, you know, sometimes you get stuff on social media and then people, like, click on, oh, dance on the ball, so I check it out. And I was watching some of the passes. I mean, I, I don't – he was just unbelievable, you know. And not a guy that was the most mobile guy, but he had a sixth sense about him, whereas in the pocket he'll move left, move right, move up, and then it's a fastball. You know, he threw a fastball better than anybody in the game, in my opinion. You know, Elway and those guys did it as well. And there's a couple of guys nowadays that can play it like that. But, man, that ball was gone. It was going quick, and it was on the money. Uh, his get, accuracy was unbelievable. Did you ever get that fab, famous X on your chest from one of his fastballs? <laughs> well, you know what? Here's the thing about it. Everybody asked me that. You know, Danny threw it so hard. Did he, but, see, I played with Kerry Collins in college, and Kerry Collins threw a fastball. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. It might have been two miles an hour faster than Danny's. It might, you know, Danny's 93. I think Kerry's 95, you know. So <laughs> I, was always, I was ready when I got to Miami. You know, to, to receive that that fastball from Danny. Thank you, Doj. Appreciate it. I'm man. not uh, I'm not disagreeing with you on Marino either. I mean, he threw for five thousand yards and forty eight touchdowns in 1984. OJ, <laughs> way ahead of his time. Way ahead. Yep. You know, and Mark Clayton, Mark Clayton, and Mark Duke. I know the Marks brothers played a part of it. Yep. But, you know, Mark Clayton had 18 touchdowns that year. You know, that's just getting it done right there. No doubt. OJ, great to talk to you. Thank Thanks you, so man. much for the insight on Brian Flores, and hopefully we can chat again sometime.